The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I think we need that uh, every once in a while. Definitely. Like I a know. little push and pull. I, yeah, I, that's right. I don't need you jocking me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just 98% of the time. All right, we'll get that 2% Occasional, occasional pushback. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. It's Chris Sims, and that jock sniffer is back. He's here. <laughs> I don't know. Just fit well. I don't know. It just what came to my mind. But Ahmed Farid is here, and he's not a jock sniffer, okay? No. I just want to clarify that. Yes. He might get sweaty pits from him time to time. All the time. He does like red pants. Yes. And uh, well, we had something else that we used to say back in the day, and I can't remember what it was. Like maybe about your brushing your teeth, but I don't know. Me? Something. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I do brush my teeth once a day. Once a day. That was it. See, I knew there was <laughs> something. Bam. That needs to be put on Twitter, uh, really, uh, yeah. Pete. And we need the homies to like chime in. Is it acceptable to only brush your teeth once a day in the year 2021? Putting you to in the, the morning. Here. In the morning. So when I'm meeting you yeah. and when I'm meeting anyone throughout the day, right. I have fresh teeth. Right. Right. But and you don't want to go to bed with fresh teeth? You no. just want to let that crap sit in there all night, huh? <laughs> and natural enzymes. Maybe they're good. There's probably some they science be okay. behind that. I, I'm right. not denying it. I didn't mean to call you out this way, but it just led that way. I'm sorry. If you can rewind it, if you're watching on, <laughs> on YouTube, he goes, he goes, I can't remember the other thing I made fun of you about. And I go, brushing my teeth. And he goes, yes. And he points at me. He points at you. Yes. You're a one-time a too. day. They both, Pete said it in my ear, too. He was like, yeah, yeah something like you that. You are a one-time-a-day brusher. Yes, what? that guy. That guy. How dare he? Uh, but what's up, everybody? Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid, Week 15. It's the Monday podcast. We're going to mm-hmm. recap every game. And, of course, not all games happen. So we might actually get done with this podcast before an hour and a half. <laughs> we, got, we got four more games left on this awesome weekend, which I love, by the way. Yes. I'm like, my Monday and Tuesday got better. I mean, better. To me, it's like it's almost like an excuse for like, man, okay, hey, hey, honey, I got to sit on the couch. I got work to do. I got work to do. It's the Raiders and the Browns. Got to watch the game. Double header. And then yeah. I'm a little disappointed about Tuesday's matchup as far as Seahawks, Rams, and Washington Eagles. Why? Like, well, why couldn't they? Why'd they have to make them at the same time? I know they were wow. both like, why? I mean, one was supposed to be a 1 p.m. kickoff Sunday. The other one was supposed to be a 4.05 kickoff on Sunday. Why are they making them at the same time? Now I've got to make sure when I'm at home yep. that my NFL – Whatever on my NFL.com, I can watch the game on the computer because I don't have a room with like two TVs next to each other. You got to have like direct TV or I the do stream. have direct TV, you but do? like, well, I'm going to watch one of the games on, yeah. on I'm guessing one of the games is going to be on normal Fox, right? Correct. Yep. So then the other one's going to be on the direct TV channel. Eagles in Washington. Right. And I'm going to have to do that through my computer. So these are, you know, big problems in my life that I got to figure out by tomorrow. But you're right. It's like stretching out throughout the whole week here. It's the one good thing from COVID over the last two years. It is. We get two games on Monday and two. It finally happened. The it's one finally, good thing. It's finally happened. No doubt. <laughs> I hope this actually, I, I've said this with Florio and I think he agrees. I, I would like to see it go this way in the future. You don't think it's too much? 
Like after a while, like I think I know for the normal fan it probably is. It is kind of because I think the me, beauty of yeah. football is that it is kind I'll of wait. self. It kind it's of a tease and, all and week. You don't want to water down red zone because that's what I watch on Sunday. I don't know. There'll still be plenty of games on there Sunday. Are. That's true. You know, I don't know. I guess I look at it selfishly too. Like when there's seven or eight games at the one o'clock window, I'm overwhelmed on Sundays too, and I'm like, it's hard to keep track of everything. Well, yeah, and in then that I spend room, my Monday yeah. and Tuesday trying to go back and watch everything again. Like to be able to digest it little by little, I think would be better on my memory. It would improve your quality of life. I think so. Yes, not having as many games concentrated at one time. Yes. But I'm curious what the Homies think on that. Hey, Pete, maybe we can do a poll yeah, on that. That and about Ahmed's brushing his teeth once a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How many people do that, too? Yeah. Let's find Maybe that like out. a two in one. Like, That's how much already. overlap do we have? How many people would like this current schedule for this week and also brush their teeth just one time <laughs> a day? It's like, what's the Venn diagram of that? Uh, all right. So let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. We've broken this up. Pete has broken this up into multiple sections here. We got damn okay. Give me the headlines, as always. Self scout thyself. Uh, we'll go through it. We start here. With the race for the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. Because a lot of moving around here. Some disappointing, quote-unquote, performances, perhaps, by the top teams. But I think you got to give a lot of credit to the teams that beat them, one of those being my Detroit Lions. We'll get to that game here in a second. We start with a Sunday night football game. Saints <laughs> defeat the Buccaneers. 9 nothing. Uh, so... Let's just start with this, yeah. because we've done it again, and we do this oftentimes on Football Night in America, where there's a landslide of support for one team, often the favorite, and America, to be honest with you, is often on our side. Yeah. Like, America gets it wrong just as much as yeah, we do sometimes. I think sometimes. 79% of America right? was on Tampa last night, right? So, guess what? So, here we go, and if you're watching on YouTube, Florio's wearing the, the clown face. You got the clown hair. Oh, uh, I know. I think I got the clowniest of the clowns, actually. Yeah, why'd they do that to I don't you? know, because, I don't know, it could probably fit, right? Knew, you know what? They knew you could take it. I, I they knew take you could it. take it. No doubt about it. No doubt. So we all we all picked, everyone picked, even Snoop yeah. picked the Bucks, except for Drew, who's contractually obligated, obligated. To, <laughs> right. to take. Right. Now, he said, it, he said it earlier that day. And uh, like at lunchtime, he was like, I'm going with the Saints. And I was like, you can't go with anybody else. And we kind of all laughed. But yeah, uh, yeah, big, big time for him there. He gains a gain on a uh, game on Mike. And, uh, and of course, my losing continues. It's the worst year I've ever had on Sunday Night Football. And it's actually embarrassing now. But even though it was uh, a kind of a shock and an upset, what was the line? 11? Yeah. I was the, rooting for it as the game went on. The I Saints didn't care. have done this multiple times now uh-huh. to Tom yeah. Brady in yes. the regular season. Right. Was it uh, obviously there's injur- injuries? We'll get into that. Yeah, but I mean, have they figured something out? They the, well, they have. They definitely have. It's just about like, listen, other teams probably see it and want to go. Wait, we, we you know we'd like to do this too, but we just can't do it. I think that's really the biggest problem. You know, first off, hey, we talk about this a lot. When you're in the division with somebody and you're the two kings of the division, you 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 studied them a little harder. You know, you've had. Not only do you not you know their system through your studies, you also start to know the person on the other sideline too, right? A little bit, whether it's the coach or the quarterback, you start to go, oh, I, he likes to go to these plays on third down. You start to get a feel for the human being, yep. let, alone, let alone the scheme itself, right? So I think that plays into it a little bit. But then, you know, it's just one of those few defensive lines in all of football that seems to give the Bucks issues. It's in fact it, to me, it's only there's only two defensive lines that I've seen have given the Bucks issues. It's one the New Orleans Saints and two the Rams. And the Rams, of course, are two and zero against the the Bucks over the last two years too. And it's uh, it's weird because they're totally different defensive lines. The Rams are really small and fast. The Saints, like the Bucks, 
are one of the biggest defensive lines in football. And I think, hey, listen, this is no secret formula. Anybody that's paying attention or not, hasn't lived under a rock for 20 years, right, knows what, what's the key to beating Tom Brady. You start to hit him early on. You know, they got pressure with four, right? You know, they keep two safeties back a lot. They kind of call your bluff and go, two safeties are back. Go ahead, try to run the ball. But within doing that, they also put a lot of people in the line of scrimmage who are going to drop out. So they kind of like bluff you out of the run game a little bit. And that was one thing. Listen, it was a physical butt whooping. I think that's where you got to start. And then the second thing, and I said this last night, and you might have heard me say, I think the Bucks came out a little bit arrogant in the fact that they thought they were just going to forget the run game. We're just going to throw it every play. And that's kind of how they started the football game. And to me, that's not when the Bucks are at their best. Hey, you can get away with it against the Atlanta Falcons a few weeks ago or teams that you know that are clearly not in your class. But with a team like this, you do that. Um, yeah, I think they kind of gave the Saints energies. They didn't have to worry about the run game very much and allowed that defensive line to kind of go, oh, wait, they're going to throw it all the time. Let's pin our ears back and get after it. And I don't even know how many times you threw the ball. I want to say you threw the ball 25 times in the first half, and they only ran the ball a handful of times, and it wasn't until like the second or third drive. And to me, that's not the greatest formula for success to beat the Saints yeah. or for the Bucks to be successful. You think it was that they just figured the Saints have one of the best run defenses in football. Yeah. They're just not going to be able to do it. I, I think there's probably some of that, I mean, to a degree. And they are. They're like the Bucks. I mean, you almost yeah. Just go, oh, forget running against this team too much. But, you know, again, Tampa Bay, to me, is at their best. And I know they're still good when they get in the shotgun and throw it all, but they're at their best, what we've always said, Ahmed, when it's a little bit more of like running formations and we're going to run the ball, we're going to run play action, and then we're also going to keep Gronk in to block and have six or seven blockers with the running back added to the offensive line, and now Brady can be comfortable back there, and he can let the three guys work their magic down the field, right? That's, to me, when they're at their best. You know, the other stuff, to me, is just icing on the cake, but I think they're, uh, you know, a tougher team to defend when they do have that running threat, because then it plays into Brady in the play action. He's amazing on that, and then also when they drop back in some of those formations like I said you can keep a max protection and he can feel cozy because last night again he's we know the goat he's awesome he is 44 right so he's not like you know he's 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 not impeccable here he does have a propensity in any game you've seen them lose the last few years when people get on him a little bit early Washington earlier this year the Rams earlier this year it's all the same story where then he becomes flinchy. And, you know, people are chicken to say that. The only guy I know that says it is Rodney. Rodney said it last night. He, Brady gets scared and things like that. He starts to look downfield. He looks back in the pocket. And then he starts to already move in the pocket when he doesn't need to. or he's, And he takes his eyes off downfield. And listen, that happened. That happens to all quarterbacks. Um, but Brady at 44, who gets, I think, in a little bit of a self-preservation mode with that stuff too. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't want to just get crushed and killed. And he took a lot of hits last night, don't get me wrong. But it does affect him. And we've seen that. And again, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I know I take my shots at Tom Brady and all that, but that's a real thing. And really one of the few flaws he has of his game, you know, that and not being able to make plays off schedule. Probably a lot of quarterbacks would have felt that with no Cam doubt. Jordan in this game. No doubt. Cam sacks. Jordan was amazing. But was this the game that Tom Brady could have solidified his case for MVP? He loses a lot of his weapons, right, right. in the game. Right. You're playing in front of everyone, prime time, national yeah. audience. Right. If he's able to somehow figure out a way to win this game against the New Orleans Saints, a team that they're better against, 
they're better than. They haven't been better against him lately. Yeah. But, I mean, is this the game where he really could have solidified he could have his put case? A, like, put that nail like halfway in the coffin. I think so. I'm not going to say he could have solidified it. Yeah. But I think it would have gone a long way, to your point, especially because down the stretch they got, what, the Panthers, the Jets and the Panthers? Is that what they got down the stretch, I believe? Right? Now, the Panthers are still a good defensive football team and give them issues. Panthers, Jets, Panthers, right? And um, but, but yes. And to me, again, you heard me say this last week, I think. I don't know. I, I think Rodgers is the MVP. And I know I'm biased towards Rodgers. But I don't think there's any quarterback that's more important to their football team than Rodgers. And the way he played yesterday compared to Brady, yeah, I think he closed the gap a little bit there again once again. But uh, I think that's a real thing. And, and yeah. You know, uh, I think overall, big picture to what you're talking about, the injuries, the receivers and all that, that's why they're not going to get rid of Antonio Brown. You know, one, because, hey, the team might go, well, that's messed up. You said he may mess, if he messes up once he's out of here. But they're also not stupid enough to go, well, let's cost the Super Bowl over teaching him a lesson. Those guys don't want that. They want to win the Super Bowl. We'll teach him a lesson after the year. Whatever. Don't play him now. Don't let him get his contract incentives. Sure. Fine. But they're not going to want that, nor do you want Green Bay picking up Antonio Brown either. But, yeah, yeah under, like crazy game. Yeah. Crazy game last night. Never would have thought we would come away and go, if the Saints kick three field goals, they're going to win the game. <laughs> it, was a high, it was maybe, Pete was mentioning, the most interesting 9 nothing game that you could it have. Was. It was just it was. seeing Brady not able to score at all, seeing the Saints not do much either, but uh, do just enough. So to tie up the MVP conversation, Brady's odds went from minus 170, so the overwhelming favorite, yeah. to plus 120. Still, Pete, probably the favorite there. I kind of think Rodgers is... Aaron Rodgers is plus 160. Oh, so it's closing the so gap. So it is. There. He did close the gap yeah. significantly. To me, again, Rodgers is better at this point. That's not even a question. It's not. And he's more important to his football team. I just, I don't know any other way to say it. You know, I know Brady's probably going to have more touchdown passes. Uh, but, but to me, the more quality, interceptions, though. He's going to have sure. more interceptions. Rodgers, again, is going to lead the league in quarterback rating. He's the greatest quarterback rating in the history of football. Uh, but it's, hey, it's going to be actually, I think it's going to get fun to watch now to see what happens with these two guys down the stretch. But yeah, crazy loss to the Bucks, and certainly lost their stranglehold on maybe being the number one seed there. I want to get into the Saints a little bit more, yeah. but let's just tie up the injuries with the Bucks here because we saw mm-hmm. Godwin go down, Fournette go down in the third quarter with a hamstring, Evans out with a hamstring. We don't know at this point how serious those are. Might not know for a little bit. Who said sprained MCL for who? Godwin. Oh, Godwin. Sprained MCL okay. out so for the regular season. Hey, listen. What did you think I, of that hit, by the way, well, by P.J. Williams? Rodney did not like He well, thought it yeah, was dirty. Sure. I, it's not dirty. It's I don't want to go to the dirty word. I don't. Again, this is what the NFL wanted. These guys are afraid to hit anybody up top. Yes. You know, and how many times do we see guys try to like maybe hit a guy in the chest and by accident because they have a head on their shoulders and a helmet that's on that head where the helmet just touched the receiver's helmet too and even though all the contact was in the chest and the shoulder area, oh, he hit him in the head, you know, unnecessary roughness, you know, and so players are scared that way. But it, it stinks, and I, I wish the league would do something about it. Again, I, we, I've had this conversation. I said this last week on PFT. If I was playing football, and I know most receivers feel this way, and Larry Fitzgerald used to tell defenders this, right? He'd go, I'll pay your fine. He'd go, hit me in the head. Don't hit me in the knees. Hmm. All day long. I don't care. Again, these are meatheads. None of them care that much. They're not all worried about like their future of being Einstein in the future world. They want to play football. That's what they love to do. So I don't look at it as dirty. I think it's a result of how the game is being ref now. 
And, yeah, a player that you'd like him to aim a little higher, definitely. I get that. But I, I, I'm not going to call it dirty. They're all split-second decisions. And right. you guys talked to Sean Murphy Bunting on the show afterwards, and immediately he didn't. He, he didn't, didn't think come it was to his dirty mind. either. No, he did not. Right, right. Because Rodney kind of asked him about that yeah. and took him down that he road. Understood. And he would have been the one the most prone to say that, right? He's been experienced in that situation. Right. He's a teammate of Chris Godwin, and he didn't think it was no. necessarily anything no. egregious, just a football play. Yep, no doubt. So, uh, okay, so Godwin, no for the rest of the regular season here. Yeah. Don't know about Fournette. Don't know about Evans. I did see a tweet. This is from Pro Football Focus's Brad, PFF Brad, who said, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, uh, Jalen Darden, Gronk, Bray, O.J. Howard, still probably better than what a handful of teams are working with. That's not the worst. They shouldn't be crippled, and especially if Antonio Brown comes back. Yeah, it's not going to be as easy. I mean, Mike Evans is a mismatch nightmare. You know, Godwin's phenomenal at the work in the middle of the field, run blocking. He does a lot of the dirty work. Uh, for that offense, so they're they're going to be missed. I mean, hey, listen, I'm really happy for Chris Godwin. I really am because I that that looked way worse than sprained MCL. Yes, he must have some loose joints to be able to look like it could have been a head injury. I, too. I mean, it, right? You're right. I mean, it, it really the way he fell, the way his knee bent. I thought, oh no, I hope it's not ACL. So glad he'll be back for the playoffs. You know, Fournette doing that, you know, helicopter split that he did. You know, the one thing, yeah, it. it, it I'll be interested to see where it goes. Because, two, what happens to guys on Sunday, Ahmed, and you know we've had this just with, with injuries, you know, most guys on the, on the field, I mean, 99, 98%, of, they're on tour at all. So when they get hurt, they don't realize how hurt they are until the next day because mm-hmm. they still got, like, that numbing drug. And hamstrings, they can certainly be one where you go, oh, it's tight. But then you wake up this morning and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's way worse today because that drug is worn off. But, yeah, big blows to them. They'll be okay. Ronald Jones is really good. You know, he's been in the doghouse because not trustworthy, not mentally tough maybe after some fumbles and issues like that. Well, they're going to have to ride him. He's going to have to get tough again. And he showed he could do that last year. And you mentioned the, the other cast of characters who were good, certainly good. If they run the ball, play action, do what we talked about, play through their defense a little bit, I certainly don't see them losing games down the stretch. I really don't. Saints offense, real quick, nothing yeah. impressive right no. here. Taysom Hill's playing with mallet finger. Which is a really like that sounds like it's from the the seventeen hundreds. Like that it sounds does. like an injury that it's like it sounds like had. is it turning green and gonna fall off at some point? <laughs> it sounds like you'd go to a circus and watch right. the person with mallet finger try to do things. Uh, so their offense, this is a stretch like second quarter through the fourth quarter was three plays, five plays, two plays, oh, three, plays three plays, three plays, three plays, three plays. It was like three and out, three and out. And then they right. finally got a, their first first down to the second half with 11 minutes left. Taysom Hill, clearly, like some of those throws were not very good at all. Um, he's still able to run the ball yeah. okay, but yeah. the Bucks kind of stopped that too. So nothing special from the Saints offense. They'll have to be better than that if they're going to do some damage if they get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you would think they'd have to be a little bit better. But, like, if their defense plays that way, yeah. they don't need to do a lot. <laughs> True. <laughs> they don't. You know, they, they just need to be able to, like, hey, move the ball, eat up some clock, score some points, and win some ugly football games. And don't have Sean Payton, yeah, too. And, so. and, and, and listen, that's a real thing. To me, that's where they miss Sean Payton was those dull moments you're talking about. It's the third quarter. Peyton's in-game adjustments or ability to go, wait, they're doing this to us, and wait, we got these plays right here that'll screw that over, and being able to get to that, that's to me where they probably missed him. You know, He's a genius that way. 
knowing where the how the game's being played and what he has in his arsenal to kind of screw over that style of play. Uh, you know, that's why he is Sean Payton. But either way, it reflects really well on him the way his team played without him last night. The Saints, they just have an edge about them. We know that. They're tough as hell. Uh, but, hey, the big question is going to be the offense going down the stretch because, you know, again, we talk about Brady and his weapons. I think we'd all sit here and still go – even with these injuries, I take the Bucks weapons over the Saints weapons. You know, other than Kamara, that's the only one that you're going to take. Everybody yeah. else, I'm still going with the guys on the the Buccaneers. So yeah, it's easier to win when you shut out the other team. That's the last or the first time that Brady has been shut out since December 10th, 2006. Crazy. No currently active defensive player had yet entered the NFL. Drew Brees was in his first season with the Saints. Where were you? 2006. 2006. The last time I was got shut out. Yeah. So let's see. It was, uh, what was the date? It was December, December 10th. 10th. I mean, that was the year I lost my spleen. Okay. So I was, I was spleenless, right? And really starting to beg the team and the doctor to let me play the last two games of the year. Oh, wow. That's what I was doing. I was going to, like, I, I think I can play. Let me play the last two weeks. Let me get going. And they were basically, you're crazy. We're not good this year. Just wait till next year. Yeah. And that ended that. But, you go uh, look around the league, though. Brady's getting shut out. So wait, Let me 2006, play. Like, I, can't do I know, I know. Yeah, I remember him getting shut out with the Lawyer Malloy game with the Buffalo Bills when they cut Lawyer Malloy. Malloy went to the Bills. They, oh boy, they, testing your memory. Right. But then 2006, um, it, was, it was Miami, right? Miami game, end of the year. Pete right? confirmed. Pete confirms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Well, I, I kind of heard it last night, so that's not a total memory okay, thing. Right, but, cheating. hey, good job by the Saints. I want to give them a lot of respect. I do. You know, hey, they got Lattimore, who can match up with Evans. Yes. They got Malcolm Jenkins, who's one of the few people in football who can match up with Gronkowski and at least make it a fight yeah. and give him issues there. And then they got guys like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who can play in the slot and match the physicality of Godwin and not let his size be such a factor because Godwin's a really big slot receiver. And then the genius of Dennis Allen, one more time, you know, the ability to Good change defenses – a lot of too deep looks, but not just to cover two all the time. You know, it might have been quarters, might have been, you know, quarter, quarter, half. Doing different things to where Brady can go, oh, wait, it's too deep, but oh, it's this too deep. Oh, it's that too deep. Oh, I don't know what the hell they're doing here. And that's where they're really good, let alone they got some talent and, and they're physical as hell. Where I was in 2006? Yeah. Was in Virginia Beach, Wavy Virginia TV. Beach. Yeah. Weekend sports anchor, fourth year of my broadcasting career. Just a little tyke. Little tyke. Little tyke. Yeah. Working his, chugging Working his, his way, way up, up to the big time. Like one day I'll be sitting at a desk with bobbleheads and Chris Sims, but it's going to take 15 years. <laughs> Virginia Beach. Wow. Virginia Beach. Man. Norfolk, so, Virginia. Yeah. I mean, Virginia Beach, that area, that must have been some like good high school sports and stuff, right? I mean, that was the big thing. Yeah. That was. Tyrod Taylor was playing high school football yeah, back then. Percy right. Harvin had just declared to go to Florida. Ooh. There's some really good athletes. Yeah, because that was right after Vic and Ronald Curry and those guys who were legends of that area. I mean, Allen Iverson's from that area, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a special talent pool. 757, so much. That's the area code there. That's the 757. 757, so much talent there. And they still have a lot of talent there. Of course they they do. Go to Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, who will play in a bowl game today, actually. Oh, today? Uh, Sticking around there. Uh, So... Congratulations, Saints. You get the victory. Shut out of Tom Brady for the first time since 2006. But we got to give the most praise, obviously, to the Detroit Lions, who beat the Arizona Cardinals, messing up that race for the number one seed for them. This is Trist and Shout. Trist and Shout. 
saying, please stand your ground on Unbutton tomorrow. This was to me. And make sure you and Chris discuss the Lions win, not just the Cardinals loss. You're right. <laughs> a team won this game. It right. wasn't just that a team lost. Right. A team won this game. The Detroit Lions were that team. That I'll tell you what. There is a love. There's a love fest for Dan Campbell that you've never him. seen a love fest. My for son a, loves him. Two I get and eleven it. and one coach yeah. in the history of the yeah. league. Uh, he he's got them playing hard still, obviously, and they believe in him. So watching that post game locker room talk, it's awesome. Welcome to Detroit. I Welcome love that. to Detroit. <laughs> so let's praise the Lions. What do yeah. you think? Well, I, I'm with you. Let's praise them. I mean, again, I, I hope we didn't like. Did we screw them over when they beat the Vikings a few weeks ago? Is it was it was did he? Did we not give no, them enough respect? Did. Maybe probably not enough. We probably talked about how dumb the Vikings were on that last throw. Yeah, right. Man, probably some of that, no doubt about it. But listen, I'm I'm a huge Dan Campbell fan. There's no doubt. Oh, the whole year. I mean, come on, they had a few losses. I don't care who it is. It just was bad luck. You know, you, you just can go through it. So it's that that's tough. I like the way he handles himself. I like the way that he, you know, wears his emotions on his sleeve like that. I really do. As he made a few bonehead mistakes with, you know, hey, last week going forward on a fourth and one in their own territory against Denver. Do I agree with it? No, I don't. But, you know, again, there's a belief in the team. And to yesterday specifically, yep. like, we, like, they beat the Cardinals. This wasn't like where – I know we're going to talk in a few minutes about Titans-Steelers where I'm going to tell you the Titans made a, made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. This was not the same story. This is one team that was playing better, controlling the flow of the football game. They ran the football early. Goff made a few good throws within the game, and the defense consistently made Kyler Murray look confused in the pocket – and they did a great job of containing him, too, to where when he tried to scramble a few times, he couldn't go anywhere. So, again, hey, it's another New Orleans Saints coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball there, Aaron Glenn. Yeah. So we're talking two defensive guys here, New Orleans tree, Sean Payton, way to go. Someone but, tweeted me as well and said, don't let Chris hype up Aaron Glenn too much because they want to keep him. Yeah. yeah. you, you <laughs> yeah. got at least so another stop. year of keeping him, but stop. he is a good they, – they usually have the proper plan. And, again, they're not gr- greatly talented. But, yeah. yes, they won that football game flat out. It wasn't like some fluke and the Cardinals dropped the ball or dropped punts or, you know, wide open touchdown pass and Kyler just missed it. It was not that. They earned it. They won it. And good for them. They made plays. They did. Oruwaria, Amani Oruwaria yeah. with a great interception. I mean, great hands right. on that play. Charles Harris had a sack and a half. Uh, this was all facing the number four scoring defense in the NFL coming into the game by the by the Cardinals there. And, yeah, Craig Reynolds. Let's give some love Let's to Craig it. Reynolds, Big the guy. running back for Detroit, 112 yards, undrafted out of Cutstown University. Oof. You know what Hall of Famer came out of Cutstown uh, University? I know. All right, so hold on a second here. That's a good one. I do. I know I know this. All right, is he an old Steeler great? He's not an old Steeler great. Okay. He's an older great. He's an older great. Drafted in 1985. Ooh, fourth round pick. Oh, 80. Played in multiple Super Bowls. Fuck me. I don't know. All right, don't tell me yet. Just tell me the team. Let me just Bills. Guess. He was the Bills. Yep. Damn. That that and he's a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. It, man, I mean, okay, I know it's not Bruce and I know uh um what what's his name? Cornelius. No, that's not him. Wide receiver. Oh, it's Andre Reed. Andre Reed. Damn, I wouldn't have got there with Andre Cuts Reed. Town Damn, I University. About that. I'm not going to lie. Out of Pennsylvania. Wow. The Golden Bears. The Golden Bears. So, Reynolds was great. He was great. 
and the Lions again. Their offensive, the Lions' offensive line is real, legit. right? It's, it's legit. real. I know. I, I know. We talked about it a few weeks ago. People got They can move people. They can move some of the best D lines in football. And listen, this is the games yesterday where this is why I love the NFL. I love it because it just it, again it shows the point of the NFL is just a different animal. It doesn't matter. The Cardinals are the best team in football. Or they're definitely one of the two. The Lions suck. They suck. The Lions. Oh, yeah? Well, it's Sunday in the NFL, and the difference between the best team and the worst team, as we've always tried to describe, is not that much. It's not. And it's a matchup league. And, you know, again, you know, you look at it, good field goal drive, ugly. Uh, they do the old shit play where, you know, play action to the right, uh, I believe it was Amon Ra St. Brown kind of sneaks out the backside of the formation, right? Mm-hmm. And they throw a touchdown there. It's 10 yeah. nothing, Which is a good play by Goff. It's too, a great stepping play. Up. He, like, someone got a hand on his shoulder. He stepped up, able to still no throw doubt. it accurately. Made a, made a good throw under pressure. It, it, was, a, it was a play that the, the Bengals scored their game-winning touchdown pass on that, the oh shit play hmm. to tie that together. But either way, that. Then, then the Cardinals drive down. And you go, oh, well, here we go. Cardinals are going to score. It's going to be 10-7. And they got, what, first and goal inside the five? The Lions make the stop and go on a long drive and score a touchdown. The Lions had two 90-plus yard touchdown drives in the first half of the game. That's not like lucking into anything. That's like we whooped your ass. And uh, that's where I give Dan Campbell and and uh, the whole coaching staff and everybody in Detroit a lot of credit. And last thing on the Lions, yeah. because I, I, there's some people on Twitter like, oh, they're screwing up the number one pick. And I'm like, you know what? I've always thought this. Uh, you'd sure I would right. rather I would rather have the number five pick in signs that you have talent on uh-huh. your team and some winning. You got a winning little little bit of a that, winning culture to go at the end of the like year. But it's like if you get the number one pick and lose all your games, you probably had nothing to build with. I'd rather have some sure. pieces on my team that are going to win a few games that you can build with and have the number five pick yeah. and just get the number one pick. Because who knows? The number five pick might turn out better than the number yeah, one you pick don't anyway. know. Exactly right. There's no clear number one pick right now as right. we sit here. You know, there's nobody. And they're not a team that, like, there's no quarterback that I, I look at that thinks a number one pick. Like, I could be wrong, and we'll see, you know, two months from now when I start to get in draft stuff. But I, I'm with you. And to me, the bigger play at – the bigger picture at play here is – to get a little confidence going into the offseason. Yeah. Go, man, we played tight in a lot of games. We won a few. They know what that feels like. You could start to believe in the coaches and the coaching staff with that. To me, that's more important than the number one pick. It is. So, And, and you're right. There's some things on the roster. They got a lot of the, the stake of the roster. They just need some of the sizzle now. Yeah. You, know, you got an O-line. Got the good D-line. You know, got a smattering of good players. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown's good. Ron Reynolds is good. Now we need a superstar to go along with them, and they'll get even better. Right. You know, maybe one more you know, running back to go with DeAndre Swift. You got Hawkinson. So to your point, there's some things there where you go, Lions have a good draft and a good offseason, and, you know, they could be annoying to a lot of teams next year. All right, so what do you think about the Cardinals? Is this is – this- a, a red flag for them. They're without DeAndre Hopkins now yeah, right. for the rest of the regular season after undergoing knee surgery. So he could come back in the postseason, but not a good first game without him again here. Although he did miss some time earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, it hasn't been an issue when they've missed him. Right. You know, I, th- this is one where I don't know if I'll be. I'll, I'll, listen, Arizona's still really good. They didn't do themselves any favors as far as if they want to be considered or get the respect they think they deserve. Not with these last two football games. Certainly not. You know, you lose to the Rams and then let it filter over into, well, we're playing the Cardinals and we're, I mean, we're playing the Lions and we're the Cardinals this year. We're going to beat them. You know, it just 
kind of looked uninspired yesterday for whatever reason. And I will be interested. I'd like to know, you know, again, I know what happened to the Arizona defense to a degree. What I don't know is what Kyler Murray was looking at in the pocket and why people weren't open and what Detroit exactly did. And that's something hopefully we'll dive into on the Wednesday podcast. So the Cardinals messed things up a little bit. The yeah. Bucks messed things up Cardinals, for that number one yeah, seed. Yeah, right. But so the, now the what is it? The Bucks are the the Bucks. Dallas is the two seed, even though they lost to Tampa because Dallas, Tampa, and Arizona are in a three way tie. And the three way tie goes to Dallas. If it becomes Ooh. between Dallas and Tampa, of course Tampa will win that tie. But hey, fuck, forget about the you know one two three seed right now. Arizona's got to get worried here. You know, down the stretch, they got some tough games, and the Rams are breathing down their neck. They could go and might go, be a wild card. They team. could end up being on the road week one here if they don't watch out. Except for this is the first time they lost on the road. Yeah, right. It's the first enough, time all year. So I know. I know. Maybe it was part of a bigger plan for yeah, Cliff. They got Kingsbury. the Colts and the Cowboys and the Seahawks left. They certainly could lose two out of three well, there. I remember there was a time where they were seven and zero, oh, and I, I, we were looking at their schedule, and I said on the pod, I was like, I can see you know five or six losses sure, there, and sure. I got yeah, yeah, some people crushed me. Some people crushed me. Well, but this is where I do my victory lap. And I go to those people, where are you now? Yeah. Where are you now? Right. Say, you, you should retweet that and then put yes. four losses in. Yeah. Where are right. you now? Are you, you still And then st- if you want to add, then Chris Sims said, suck it. Yeah. And if you want to add that on your tweet, please exactly. do yeah. it. But you won't do that. I won't You're do too that. nice. I am too nice. Yeah. I often see if you if you give hate, you get hate back. Mm. But I don't like to do that. Yeah, Although you it. get hate no matter what. And I, no matter I, yeah, what you and I don't mind giving hate back either. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, we can't hate on the Green Bay Packers yeah. because they continue to win, even though it was very close and yeah. it was a backup quarterback and it was the Ravens with a lot of injuries who I think they deserve a lot of credit. The Green Bay Packers win 31-30. to 30. And let's start right at the end, the two-point conversion. Were you for it or against it? So the, the Ravens score. They can tie it up with 42 seconds left, but John Harbaugh says, no, we're rolling the dice. I, I, I don't have an issue with that one. I don't. I, again, I'm, I'm not anti. You're kind of you're normally anti. anti. Well, listen, like, you know, I am because it, I don't agree with the, what they did last week doing that. I don't. Oh, well, now we know what we need. Where It's 10 minutes left in the game. We, right. only need, we need nine. We know what we need. Like, like, it didn't matter if you knew what you need if you were down eight, which is a one-score game. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of some of the analytic, like, bullshit excuses. And again, we can get into the Thursday night game. How fucking stupid was that with the Chargers? Fell into the trap of, you can't beat the Chiefs unless you don't score touchdowns. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, what do you, again, it's stupid. You lost the game because of it. Now, this, I can get behind this. It's a backup quarterback. You know, Green Bay had been moving the ball pretty much at will the whole second half, other than that last drive to give the ball back to the Ravens for a chance to go down. It's Aaron Rodgers. You're probably thinking, damn, we lose the toss. There's a good chance they go down and they could score a touchdown or at least get a field goal. Yep. You know, so I, I, I'm not mad at it. I don't love that call. I don't love the call. You know, I'm not a fan of, in moments of we got to have it, just going, I'm going to make it, my guys better than that guy. Like, I, you know me, I'm a fan of that approach during a lot of the parts of the game. But when you're on the two-yard line, Going in, and you don't have that guy that's like that. Mark Andrews is a great player. But listen, to me, like those type of plays, like uh, we're just going to play our guys better. Like that's a short handful of people in the history of the sport where you do that to. Like in the history of the sport, Gronk, okay, fine. Just throw it up to him. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. The list is short. I mean, really short. 
So I don't ever love, wait, we had all week and we're just going to run out to the right and let one guy try to beat another guy who's more athletic than he is. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where I didn't love it. One option there. That's not was my it favorite. one option? Because if you look at the play, did you see it? Hollywood Brown was well, wide open. Well, he's coming open. across on the backside he, he there. Was, I mean, he yeah. was wide open. Yeah, well, he's coming across there. But the play is a bang-bang play to the front pylon. So, you know, he saw Andrews go upfield, make the break back outside, and he knows at that moment, ooh, there's some space there, and yeah. this is when i got to put it on him. It's I either don't have, now or never. It's now or never. Yeah. Now, Savage did a good job of just getting a hand on it. You know, Stokes looked like he was there, who's a really good rookie player out of Georgia, their first rounder. But I just don't love that call because, you know, again, you have to make that quick decision, and it's basically just a one-person decision. That's it. And uh, I didn't love it. Now, you know, and he couldn't run. On that play, it was, he was kind of hamstrung that way. And his running was one of the keys to the game. And he, listen, Tyler Huntley, uh, I, you know, he, he played great. I can't take anything away I, from yeah, him. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah. But I, I think yeah. as far as the going for it, yeah, like, what do you think? I, I do think that they, that I think they messed it up. I think that Harbaugh, because they scored their touchdown to make it an eight-point game. Yeah. With five minutes left, I think that's the point where you go for for two. And we've talked about this before, and there's right. been a lot of look into that. It's like that's the point that you go for two. When you're down 14 late, the analytics say go for two then with your first touchdown because if you get the two point conversion, boom, you know you just kick a field goal or kick an extra point, and then you can you can potentially win the game there. Yeah. So I think I think actually John Harbaugh did screw it up. But not the going earlier for two. One, you you got to go for two for earlier, yeah. Because if you miss it, then you know you got to go for two for the second one anyway. And I know you don't like this all, like knowing how the game's going to go out. Yeah, but that's where I think I think that's where the analytics are being lost, in my opinion. A little I bit get, is like yes, people yeah. are going like, "Well, I know how the rest of the game's going to no, unfold." I get that. And there's just so many games where I can go, "Well, look, see if they just kick the extra point, now a field goal and a touchdown would have won the game." Yes. And now they're not going to get that chance. Yeah. So I just have those, or you have to take into account who you're playing too. You know, again, you know, so that, that's part of it. And not necessarily that it translates to this, but it translates to the Chiefs and Chargers a little bit. Like, hey, the analytics say to go for it here. Great. Does it say to go for it against the best defense in football over the last six weeks who have not let anybody in the end zone? Like, they're literally holding teams to field goals week after week after week. Did the analytics say go for it in that specific formula? That's what I would love to know. Yep. And I would probably say no, they wouldn't. But that wasn't calculated. It was thrown in there with the Jets and the Lions of the world and all these other teams who aren't that great. And they went, well, see, the formula says go for it. Well, yeah, there's a lot of shit defenses in there that aren't Kansas City or whatever else. But I, I, I have no problem with it. Back to the point of the yep. story here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. There's a lot of margin of error in all these yep. analytics that I don't think is spoken about enough. So yeah. no, right. uh, Ravens kept it close. Tyler Huntley was pretty good. But let's give some credit to the Packers here yeah, because they just course. keep winning. Their third straight season with 11 or more wins. Hadn't done that since they did it four straight years in the mid to late 90s. Matt LaFleur becomes the third coach since the merger to win 11 or more games each of his first three seasons. Somehow has not been in the coach of the it's year amazing. discussion. Right. And really isn't even that much now. Right? He's it's like Cliff or fifth down the Bill Belichick. Yeah, and, right. Uh, but the Packers, they just keep winning. Yeah. They just keep winning, and they do it with offense when they need it, and they do it with defense when they need defense. Yeah, they did. Yeah, defense was disappointing. Let me just hit on that first. I mean, sure. you know, one, I wanted to go, Was there? Is there no plan to stop Tyler Huntley running? Like, are we going to ever keep somebody around the line of scrimmage? That's where, to me, I was like, 
you know, again, I know he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's he's not far off from it. You knew that was going to be a big aspect of the football game. That was like the shocker to me, I think, more than anything. There's, I wanted to be like, if Lamar played, were they going to still play this defense and like let him just run for 900 yards in the game? Uh, that's where I was a little little disappointed with their their approach overall. To me, like you know, they let them all. And again, I, the Packers usually do some outside the box type of stuff. But why why did they let Hundley run so much? And then early in the game, like man, uh, I would have bet they were going to try to feed Mark Andrews all the time. Like I would have been like, you got, I got to see you throw to somebody else. I got to see somebody else. I'm not going to let Mark Andrews beat me with your backup quarterback so he can feel warm and cozy with throws right over the middle and all that. I would have tried to go a different way there, but it didn't matter. To your point, Rodgers again just has this innate feel or whatever. Oh, it's 14-7. Man, it looks like it's a game I might have to press the issue a little bit and start throwing lasers here. Oh, oh, bing, bang, boom, boom, touchdown, 14-all. And to me, that's where the game changed. At the end of the second quarter, they figured out how Baltimore was playing them. He kind of caught fire. They scored touchdown, make it 14-14. They have a long drive on the start of the third quarter. The Ravens get the ball. They have a pretty long field goal drive. The Ravens only had the ball one drive in the third quarter because it went touchdown, long drive, Packers, field goal, long drive, Ravens, long drive, Packers, into the fourth quarter, another touchdown. And you thought, oh, wow, they have total control of this football game. And then there was the um, – what was the uh, – what, 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 how did they get the ball back? I'm blanking on the last field goal. That, to me, is where the Packers should have put the game away. Rodgers missed, missed his only throw of the day. Should have hit Lazard in the back of the end zone for an easy touchdown. Would have been his fourth of the day. But is that where the Ravens, did they go for it on, on that? I'm going to look it up. I'll get there before you guys. So don't hold worry. on. Hold but it was 31-17. And Baltimore had a third and – oh, they went for it on a fourth and six on their own 14-yard uh, line. Or no, is that my right? No, nope. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Hold on. Here it is. Here it is. Baltimore, fourth and six, yes, on their own 29-yard line. He threw a pass to Murray. That gave the short field to the Packers. The Packers, few plays. They get down in there close. And Rodgers from the 11-yard line on third and 11 missed Lazard in the back of the end zone. That would have put the game away. Yes. But instead they kicked a field goal to make it 14, and the Ravens and Huntley you know, made a, a great charge there at the end. Yeah, then they had their only the Packers had their only three and out of the second half right, right yeah, after that. Yeah, right. That was their only three and out in the second half. Exactly right. I mean I, I still feel the same way about the Packers. And I know I almost sound disrespectful when I hear myself talk at times. I don't think they're as talented as Dallas or Tampa or Arizona. You know, I don't even the Rams, but uh, I'll say it one more time. They have a New England Patriots quality about them. Like now New England, not this Saturday night with some of those turnovers, but Brady in their prime of what well, you've heard me say this, and I don't mean to bore you, but just like, you know, they, they, they don't mess the game up. They execute on both sides. They're going to make you earn it. They're going to wait for you to make your mistake and then just get that one possession and, oh, now you're in trouble. Hey, touchdown, 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 touchdown. You scored two touchdowns, and then we made you kick a field goal. And Look, we're up by 11. And that's kind of just – that's the New England way to me, and that's where I guess I'm a little conflicted about them. You can get to the Super Bowl that way, you know, but it's very little room for error, and maybe they can continue to do that. I've seen teams in the past do it, but I don't know 
again, their high-end talent is it the same as those other ones? I want to say no, but they execute and play the game the right, right. way every week for the most well, part. And, and that we just looked at the other two games where Arizona lost and Tampa lost. I mean, they've made some errors. You know, the, yeah. the margin of error for Green Bay is small, but we just saw that maybe that's the case for some of those other teams as no well. No doubt, no so doubt. You're right. To your point of not making the big mistake, Aaron Rodgers, last four games, 13 touchdown passes, zero interceptions. Nobody's um, playing better in football than Aaron Rodgers right now at the quarterback position. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, 98 yards, a touchdown. I know yeah. you've said often that they don't really have a number 2 receiver. Is anyone stepping up in your eyes, Lazard well, or Well, Valdez no, Lazard Scantling? dropped some passes yeah. yesterday. You know, Valdez Scantling's the guy that's dangerous. Yeah. It's just, you know, it doesn't seem like he's really able to do a lot more than just run deep go or deep post. You know, there doesn't seem a lot to be a lot more to his game. So, to me, there it's a little bit like, hey, we got the two runners. We're going to throw the ball a little to Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Of course, we're going to throw it to Adams. And then it's the weekly matchup against the opponent and the way they want to approach the game to, like, who's going to emerge as the other receiver. It can go anywhere. It can go Lazard. It can go DeGuara. It can go MBS. Uh, but, no, there's no guy that I think is, like, the clear-cut number two receiver the number two receiver is Aaron Jones that's that's who it is uh, yeah. most most games and uh but but that's okay they're making do without it and they're certainly one of the best teams in football one more thing about yeah. the Ravens how come the offense looked better with Tyler Huntley than it has with Lamar the last few weeks well I you know again I, I I'm not going to say that it looked better you don't think it I mean it looked good yesterday it did Lamar, did, did he get in some moments of like we broke down two weeks ago and it's the Steelers and some games before that where yeah he, his eyes, and he made some bad reads, or he got a little greedy, definitely was off. You know, Huntley's playing it true to form, and they're probably calling simple plays that are really just good for him. They are. I know they are. You know, and I think, again, yesterday the game lent itself to some nice, easy completions just to, hey, here's Mark Andrews, 10 yards down the middle. He's open. They didn't do anything. Boom. Um, but, yeah. you know, Lamar was going on a slump, a little bit of a slump. Huntley playing good football, but uh, it's not – to where I go, oh, it's better than Lamar. And some of not that it was garbage time, yeah. but maybe the Packers let up a little well, bit at the end of the d- game. Definitely, so. they definitely played a different style of defense those last two drives. And you know, again, there has to be that's that's where there's got to be balance, and teams got to figure that out to go. Okay, we're playing a little bit of a prevent, but you got to take a few chances and force a few issues every now and then, especially against a guy like Hunley. Again, they let him off the hook in, with his legs too many times, I thought, in those last few drives, uh, and I just was shocked there was a lack of plan there. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Yeah, there were times we could have given Huntley the damn okay, but we've reserved those for some other players. Before we get to that, though, we'd like to let you know we're supported by Under Armour. Just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge, Chris. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level, Ahmed. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They even make hoodies that reflect energy, Chris. Yes. Well, Ahmed, we're not just about the end result, winning or glory. Chris, we're about hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. That is Under Armour. That's their way. Yes. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way 
is through. through. Pete, that was our best one. Best one yet. To date, right? Yeah, we made it personal. It was like Chris we, and Ahmed like, talking. Yeah. Like just talking, they talking go, shop. This is how we do it. We use... Yeah, he, Pete's like he didn't even realize we were doing an ad read. He just thought it was like organic. We just started just talking organic about organic Under Armour, Under Armour yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I like, hear you. I hear yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was saying your name. Good. You were saying my name. It's how damn, we talk. We're good. NBC, give us a raise. Uh, so maybe we give ourselves the damn okay presented by Under Armour. Damn, I'm okay. Damn, I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, I'm okay. The legal gambleizing. Oh, baby, <laughs> I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. So in our damn okay, we got some AFC playoff hopefuls that yeah. we're like, damn okay. Staying Gosh, in it. I know. I got to keep worrying about kissing oh your fucking feet like, here. Neither of us want that. I know. I mean, like, I don't know why you said that because that was bad for you and me. Like, I, I don't want well, that. Well, we're going to keep your shoes on. It can't be that bad if I kiss your shoes. Really? <laughs> Is it that bad for you? I'm wearing my curries today. So it's, if, still, it's still worse for me. What shoes would you want me to wear if you do have to kiss my feet oh, if the Steelers make the playoffs? Curries. I want you to wear the, the Under Armour okay. curries. Yes, right. of I'll course. I'll do that. I'll All keep right. these clean for All you. Right. Please do. Uh, because you said that they're, that they're dead. The Steelers are dead. Big Ben is done. They're still not going to make it, but um, they're scaring the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Damn okay, Steelers beating the Titans 19-13. to Damn okay, T.J. Watt has a franchise record 17 and a half sacks. Now, we kind of, I don't know that we totally poo-pooed the idea of him winning Defensive Player of the Year last week when we were talking about Micah Parsons and uh, Garrett as well. Right. Miles Garrett. (laughs) I mean, 17 and a half sacks. I, I, I kind of dismissed I him because I thought he was banged up, and I didn't know how much we'd see him. Right. He didn't finish this game either, but he seems to be playing every week. I don't know. Maybe he could still get there. I mean, if he goes on some run here the last three weeks and breaks the NFL sack record, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Again, I, no, no disrespect to T.J. Watt, obviously one of the best defensive players in the football. I don't think he's been as disruptive on a play-by-play basis as Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons all year. Still really good. And again, I'm, please don't, don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from it. I just think I would give them the edge. Either way, Watt's amazing. You know, they, they couldn't win a lot of these games without him. And Minka Fitzpatrick and some of the great tackles he made yesterday and some big situations where I went, oh, my gosh, this running back's about to break it. Oh, my, what a tackle. Like, it was going to be a 50-yard gain, and he brought him down to make it a 10-yard gain, you know, with just him and on an island, one-on-one versus the running back. You know, they're, they're the stars of the show there for the Pittsburgh defense. I, this, this is the, other than the Saints-Bucks, this is a shocker of the day to me. The shocker of the day. The shocker of the day, and the one that pisses me off, too, because Why? I made Titans my best bet. Oh. I did. They dominated the football game. Well, hold on. So, yeah, let's take a look at that. So, you were right. You were right. Let's look at the numbers. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Titans it was the versus right the pick, Steelers. But this so is the NFL. 354 total yards for the Titans. Yep. 183 for the Steelers. Yep. Time of possession, 39 minutes for the Titans, 20 for the Steelers. But that last category, four turnovers for the Titans, none for the Steelers. And you can also add a few calls that did go the Steelers' way. Definitely. So I think you were right. I'm going to give you the win. Well, I, thanks, thanks. Uh, <laughs> yep, say, all right, Pete, ch- change that. I got my best yeah, bet right, okay. all right? Yep, but, yep, that's it. That's all it is. That's all you got to do. But they did. I mean, it, if you looked at all those numbers, except for the turnovers— You'd be like, how did the Titans, they rushed for over 200 yards. Well, this is where I wanted to get into, like, see, there's a difference to me in, like, you know, again, how those games play. Like, this, this to me was a Pittsburgh team that was physically overwhelmed. They were being overwhelmed. And 
hey, there's one time where you go, okay, wait, you're you're losing the game, but wow, your defense is great, and you guys just you hit and you make all these plays, and this is this is what you are. But that's not what the Steelers are this year. That's not. This is not within their normal realm. Nor were any of those plays where I go, oh wow, well. I mean, it was only a matter of time they fumbled the way they were hitting these guys and doing that. You know, hey, 10 nothing, third down. Throw the ball to Ferkser over the middle. He turns up. It's going to be first and 10 around midfield. You know, gets hit by two guys, fumbles the ball. That leads to three points for the Steelers. Okay, you got that. You know, the, the Titans get a, a field goal later on in the football game. I mean, the, the Steelers only had one drive the whole game. I mean, it was one. You know, it was a touchdown drive in the third quarter, and that was even ugly. You know, got, got a third and one throw to Fryermuth where they called some bullshit unnecessary roughness, like, you know, you tackled them too hard penalty. Stupid. You know, I, that's where I'm sick of that shit. But, you know, again, between that, McGrath fumbling was the, the pass, the tip pass interception, right? That was a third and one, a pick play. You know, hey, that was a great play by Taco Charlton, realizing where they're vulnerable as a defense and getting his hand up. I don't want to take that away from him. But then a fumbled snap on the next series. Yes. I mean, the Titans right now have a little bit of like that disease we've talked about, right? We've seen teams catch this disease all year long. You know, they, they were lucky and caught the Rams when they were in the middle of the disease and their, their outbreak of the plague, right? Mm. I mean, we've seen the 49ers have the outbreak of the plague. The Chiefs have had, I think, multiple outbreaks of the plague this year, of the turnover plague. We, the Patriots had it earlier this year. Everybody seems to go through it at some point. The Titans were the one team that seemed Teflon Don do it, and here we are the last three weeks. And what are the, what's the stat, Pete, like? 13 turnovers in the last three games. And, of course, that's why they've lost three games in a row. I mean, I just I don't give a shit who you are. You turn the ball over 13 times in three games, you're going to lose three of them, if not two of them, and have a shamrock up your ass to win the other one. I don't, just not good football. It's not what Vrabel and company do. Yeah, and they, Three and out of four they lost, sorry. They, so they used to be a big play team. You yeah. wouldn't think of them that right. way, but Derrick Henry would break big runs. A.J. Brown could break some big plays. Yep. I mean, Julio is not Julio right no, now. No, Julio is not Julio. Now, he got hurt trying to recover the fumble at yeah. one point and seemed like that got him hurt. You're right. They need A.J. Brown back big time. They really do. That's the issue right now, Ahmed. I'm glad you bring it up because, it, they, they, you know, again, they can win this way, but as you see, there's, there's little room for error, you know, and it's, it's a reason they've lost three out of four. But it, guys like A.J. Brown – Julio when they're healthy and AJ Brown's he's in a different class than Julio at this point of his career but they like we talk about they take pressure off your team because now we don't we don't always have to go 12 plays 80 yards you know now it's four plays 80 yards because he caught a 50 yard post down the middle right Uh, and that's they're they're certainly missing that aspect of the game they need AJ Brown back in a hurry yeah, because if they don't get him back and if they don't get Derrick Henry back, I don't want him in the playoffs. You don't I'm, want him sorry. in the playoffs? I'm, I'm, I love, yeah. you know, and we're big yeah. Ryan Tannehill guys, yeah. you know, and he hasn't had weapons, and so right. I don't put this all on him. But I don't know. They're not, they're not exciting enough for me. Well, no, they're, and they're, they're 9 they're and boring. 5, and like, honestly, they're not a lock. To no, make the they're not a lock. They're, they're, they're old school. They're not, they're not exciting. You're right about that. It's going to be Without about, those guys. Without those guys. They're, they're, they're defense, you know, they're let's play – you know, execution football on the offensive side of the play ball. It's not going to be big plays, uh, but A.J. Brown certainly brings that aspect, and we'll see. But you're right. They're not out of the woods. Pittsburgh, again, to me, this is where we got to give, like, uh, the man, the myth, the legend some credit here. Mike Tomlin? Yes. Yes. So Come get on. this. So what? 
Pittsburgh has had a losing record through 14 games under Mike Tomlin just once in 15 years. It's insane. It's insane. I don't know what's to, what else to tell everybody. They're seven and six because seven six and one for one reason, because of Mike Tomlin, and the fact that they just continue to hit, hit, believe. Oh, we're down twenty nine nothing to the Vikings. We're not going to give up. That's that's the culture your head coach has put forward. They have no business. They have arguably the worst quarterback in football. Okay, I'm just going to say it. It's he's top three or four worst in football. All right. I mean, the defense is thin with limited playmakers. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of depth. The offensive line's not good, and therefore that negates Najee Harris. And because you don't have a good quarterback and you're not the greatest pass-protecting group, you know, the, the other positive thing you have is these two freaky receivers. But, you know, because the offensive line's not great and you've got a, not a good quarterback, they, they can't really take advantage of that. They are 7-6-1 and one for one reason. Mike Tomlin. Thank you. Mike Drop. Next game. Per Lord Reeves said yeah. the Steelers have led for 19% of their offensive snaps this season. Only teams worse, the Lions, Jets, and Jaguars. So they are not leading with the ball many times in the game, but somehow they keep winning. But the thing that may keep them out of the playoffs yeah. and may prevent you from having to kiss my feet right. is that tie against my Detroit Lions. Uh-huh. <laughs> what if it comes down to that? Your Lions hey, save There me. we go. Save, save both me. of us there. It could happen. We'll yeah. have to see. But if, you, you, know, you don't really want me to kiss your feet, though. I, don't, I think, think that would be, be a great picture I for your social media. Don't I don't think, think I want. I don't think I want that. I know. I don't think I want to either. I mean, we've already just we've committed you know, to it though, and we have to do well, it. We have to. We, of course, they yeah, want it. The I homies know. will want it. Neither of us. Will he like washes it. his feet more than once a day, <laughs> unlike his teeth. So it's really not that. <laughs> You're bad. right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Kissing my feet is actually the cleanest part. Okay, so Steelers get the win. Congratulations to them. The Bengals stand in it. The Bengals are actually now the four seed Woo! in the AFC at eight and six. They get the win. Wasn't easy against the Denver Broncos. We're going to give damn okay to Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, good player. 15 tackles, half a sack, a quarterback hit in a defensive slug it out game where the Bengals needed to make one big play and Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow helped make that play. And that was enough. That was enough. That's exactly right. I mean, defense played well. Had a clutch turnover at the end. That was great by Khalid Kareem stripping the ball to Drew Locke, which was one of the crazier plays in football yesterday. You know, Locke messing that up. But, yes, you know, ugly ugly victory on the road in Denver. Denver's not an easy place to play. Pratt, Pratt's a really good football player. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's like a star, but he's a guy that you sit here and go, hey, he could be the middle linebacker for the Bengals for the, you know, for a ten for a ten year span. He can stay on the field all three downs, does a little bit of everything. You know, you've heard me say their defense has got talent. I like the Bengals, I do. And you know, here's here was the 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 key to the game in my opinion. It was it was six three. It was no, it was three to three. Excuse me. End of the first half, Vic Fangio with about fifteen seconds, fourteen seconds decides to kick a fifty-one yard field goal at three to three. It get, missed. Right, McManus misses it. Burrow then throws a big completion down the middle with nine seconds left to I believe it was Boyd to get them the 41-yard line, and they kicked a 58-yard field goal to go into the half up by three. So that was a six-point swing. That was a big moment of the football game, you know, where you went, oh, man, they're going to go into the half down three. All of a sudden you go in, go in up three, and, 
you know, they got the ball second, I believe, in the third quarter and then went down and made another ugly field goal drive. But that was a gutty, gritty win and a mm-hmm. you know, big situation for them. Both teams were desperate and uh, give them a lot of credit. You're right. The answer, though, that was the yo shit play that we just talked about with the Lions. Play action to the right. You know, uh, Boyd is kind of in the bunch to the right, and he acts like, hey, I'm blocking down and helping the run play. And then he kind of wheels his way out the backside there, and he was wide open and made a nice play on Justin Simmons to to make sure he scored for the 56-yarder. Pretty easy for Burrow, but give him credit, his league-leading 12th passing touchdown of 30 or more yards this season. No other quarterback in the NFL has more than seven, and he has 12. Wow, that's that's impressive. That's impressive. And these aren't – they're not like – I don't think it had to be 30 yards in the air. No, it but, doesn't. But, but most of them are pretty deep throws. Right? Jamar Chase has a bunch of those. And yeah. Agreed. There, there's only one I can think of that's not a deep throw. It's the slant route to Jamar Chase against Baltimore where he broke like four tackles and then ran for 60 yards. The rest of them, you know, th- that's where I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, to me, is one of the best watches in football. He's aggressive. He's athletic as hell. And, you know, he doesn't have as strong arm as Herbert or Mahomes or all those. But... Still a very strong arm, let alone has all the other clubs in the bag to make all the other throws. Hey, that's, that was a tough game for them yesterday. That Broncos defense, they're a pain in the butt. And they, they, can, they can defend the pass and give you some issues there. And, and the Bengals couldn't get the run game going either. But that was a gritty, tough win for them. And you know me. I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals to get in the playoffs big time. They're one of the teams I want. Like you said, you don't want to see the Titans in. I don't want to see the Chargers in, right? I don't want to see the Chargers. Sorry. Your guy, Justin Herbert? I love Herbert. It's not personal to him. I just don't think they're like... To me, they don't deserve it. They, to me, I just I don't know. There's something about them that that doesn't lend itself to playoff quality mm, for me. You don't like the fourth down. Oh, that's definitely part of it. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely want to see the analytics just fall on its face and shut the fuck up. Yes, definitely. <laughs> do. <laughs> uh, the Bengals Trey Hendrickson did it again. Had a half a sack that actually snapped his nine game streak with at least one sack. He He's has a been baller. a great signing by them. Had five quarterback pressures. Did Hendrickson and a couple of. He drew a couple of holding calls against Garrett Bowles, one of the better offensive linemen in football. So he continues to have a, a great year. Final thing on the Broncos, and it's clear, and hopefully Teddy Bridgewater can come back. That was a scary injury. That was scary. With him. Um, Dove, early B.J. signs Hill. okay. Yeah, yeah. good. B.J. Hill kind of drove him into the ground. The so ground that, it was the more of the contact with the ground because so. he was in the air. Exactly and, right. It just the extra force of the big body kind of driving him down there. They are clearly better with him than Drew Locke, and Drew Locke goes in the game and not able to do anything and actually had a was, fumble in this game. That was huge. Right? And then, like you mentioned before. Yeah. And so it's it's clear at this point that the team is better with Teddy Bridgewater. No, no doubt about it. Locke just, you know, every time he's gotten a chance this year, and again, this is, you know, hey, where I certainly was wrong before the season and saying play Drew Locke, and they knew better. He just, anytime he's gotten a chance, he does something stupid. And that was kind of his M.O. a little bit in college that was people were scared of. But, yes, you know, hey, nice jump ball throw to Tim Patrick to score a touchdown to put them up 10-9. You know, got some physical tools. But, you know, just every game he's got a chance, it's just it's a stupid turnover and a big moment and just not necessary a lot of the times there. And yesterday, yeah, they're down there in at least field goal range, you know, maybe going to score a touchdown. You know, what was that play? He fumbled on, like, I want to say it was a second down maybe. It might have been first down. Um, but, yeah, that was a huge moment. Nonetheless, like, nine. it would have gave you a chance to second and nine, right? You know, with, with how much time left in the fourth quarter? Four minutes? Yeah. 10-39. See, so they could have kicked a field goal there, still been 15-13. to 13. Who knows what happens? But, 
Yeah, that was a big play, and that's going to make Drew Locke be a, a backup until he gets a chance again to to prove he can literally go out there and, and be a starter. But uh, honestly, can you even be a backup like that? Is, is, don't it's you want scary. your backup to be a you're guy right. who doesn't turn the ball over? Yeah, you, you do. You want that guy to come in and, yeah, you're right, be able to manage the offense, not make big mistakes. Yeah, that's where it's going to be tough for him because he has starting quarterback talent and potential but has a little bit of this – gunslinger attitude that lends itself to really stupid turnovers, uh, and that's that, that's not good for him. You know who I think has a superstar potential? What's that? Damn okay to Josh Allen. I think he's going to be pretty good in this league. The Buffalo so Bills I've heard. ride his right arm once again, beating the Carolina Panthers, who were kickerless because yeah. their kicker got hurt in pregame warm-ups. Yep. I don't think it hurt him that badly. 31-14 to 14 was the final score in a game where they did, the Bills, did run the ball. A little bit. 27 rushing attempts, 119 yards. Devin Singletary had 22 carries. Is this the dawn of a new era with the Buffalo Bills? I, I mean, I hope so. You know, I really do. You know, you know, again, like a lot of it was the second half of the game, too, when they kind of had control. Like, I don't know. Is it still going to be a part of it if the game was in the mix and we're still, like, in a competitive game? That's what I don't know about the Buffalo Bills. That's what I really don't know. It, listen. The game 31-14 was scary yesterday. It was scary. And I'm going to push back on you. The field goal kicker thing really did bother them. They had chances to kick field goals and couldn't do it because they had nobody available to where the game was in the balance early. I mean, they went down, I want to say, first – one of the first, first dri- drive of the game. Their first drive. They got down to the eight-yard line. They had a fourth and nine, and they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do it. So they had to go for it. You know Again, their defense was playing good enough to where Josh Allen and company, again, they didn't score a touchdown until 14 minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. So they, that, so they could have gotten off to that early lead, three right. points there, maybe Kind of made it ugly. Sure. Like, it kind of had a look early on where I was like, man, this seems like it's the Jacksonville game all over again. It's just like, man, Buffalo can't get anything going. It's too much Josh Allen. You know, the defense is good, but Panthers are moving the ball a little bit. You know, they got some good design quarterback runs and a few little screen passes in reverse that are creative. Um, but I, I, do, I do think that affected the game. And then the other thing, too, is, you know, I believe the game was 7 nothing, and uh, I don't understand it, but, like, uh, no, this was, this was still 0-0 after they don't get the 4th and 9. I'm sorry. They get the ball back. And they go for it on fourth and one at, at midfield. And, like, that sets off Allen and company to then go up to a 7 nothing lead. And I think that was the play where Cam Newton got called out by Matt Rule a little bit because they had, like, a read option run on. They had the play. I don't know why he didn't hand it off. And he threw the ball to Robbie Anderson out on the flat, and they batted it down, and, and, of course, Buffalo got the ball. But, again, I guess what I'm trying to say here is Buffalo is not impressive to me. They're not. Mm. They're good. They're just not great. They're going to be a pain in the ass in the playoffs because they're really well coached on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to have a great game plan there. But I don't think they're, like, overly talented on the defensive side of the ball. And then they have Josh Allen. So they're going to be a pain in the ass to get them out of the playoffs. But I don't know if they're a great team. I don't, I'm not putting great team label on them. So here's the only reason. Yeah. And they're the seventh seed right now in the AFC. Here's the reason why I think maybe they're better than what we've seen so far. And, yeah. of course, you're just watching the play on the field, and you're doing the eye test, which I think is smart. But 
They are in their eight wins this season. They have won all of them by fifteen or more points. So yes. they've won right. eventually in a blowout. Maybe yes. that came late. Right. So they've won their games in blowout fashion. And I the know. games they've lost, I mean, they're zero and five in one possession games this season. See, that's so sc- they're, that's they're scary. To me. Cl- yeah. so you can see that as being scary. Right. They haven't been able to pull out the right. close ones. Right. You can also see that as like, wow, the games they win, they're blowing teams out. They do. They haven't been lucky to win any of those no. games at the they, end. They feast on the poor. They dominate the poor usually at some mm. point. Yes. But it's like ugly domination. Sure. Like to me, this was not like, oh wow, this is the dominant. Like this is this is Super Bowl caliber domination. You know, it's what I kind of fought against early in the year when they blew out the Dolphins and blew out Washington. I want to go if we all really went back and watched the game together. I'd go, look, it really wasn't that dominant. You know, again, their defense creates a lot of chaos. They're really well coached by McDermott and Leslie Frazier. They're one of the more creative, well coached defenses in football. And then. You know, Josh Allen is, you know, like we've discussed all the time, he's the freakiest player in football maybe. So he makes a splash of plays, but I don't know if that's conducive to beating the upper echelon or the upper class of the NFL when it comes playoff time. And that's what scares me about the Bills, I guess. Pete, who are their best wins this year, you're saying? Chiefs, Week 5, Dolphins in Week 8, yeah, Saints, Week yeah, 12. right. Okay, so Saints in Week 12 with Trevor Simeon. Again, Dolphins in Week 8. I'd like to remind everybody, remember that was the game. It was like, it was what, 3-3 or something, and the Dolphins were there in field goal territory to go up 6-3 at half and two threw an interception. You know, it wasn't pretty again. You know what I mean? Uh, so the Chiefs, they were they were they had the plague at that time there when they played them. That wasn't the Chiefs team that we've seen now. So, yeah, that was a great victory then. But that was when the Chiefs were, what, below 500 or hovering around 500? So they weren't playing their best football. That's why I just got questions about Buffalo. You know yeah. I'm rooting for him. I love McDermott. I'm in the McDermott fanboy club. And, you know, you know, other than Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Josh Allen might be my favorite player in football. He's certainly the guy I root for most aggressively for because I hate the haters on him at all times. But, yeah, I got questions about their team in general. And, uh, yeah, they st- it still bothers me here, you know, in week 15. They control their own destiny. They could win the AFC East with wins in their final three games versus the Patriots, Falcons, and the Jets to end it out. Carolina, one final thing on them. Is Matt Rule in trouble? I hope he's not. I don't want him to be. You know, I, I, I again, I don't, deser- I don't think he deserves to be. I don't. They've had one issue so far in his career there. One, in my opinion. Quarterback. Period. Yeah, they fucked up by bringing Teddy Bridgewater in there. Probably because they got sold by it to somebody of the Saints. Joe Brady worked with somebody, sold them hard on it. He's the guy. So that didn't work. And then here this year, hey, they went for Sam Darnold, what they believed in. And I'm, again, I'm not, I can't be one to second guess too hard. I thought they'd be able to win. But also, so wait, I'm wrong. It's the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. It's definitely. I mean, because they fired Joe Brady two weeks ago. But that's to me, the roster is really good. They've turned around the roster in a big time way in a short period of time. You know, again, I was the only one before the season saying watch out for the Panthers now the Panthers are five and nine and everyone's gonna go oh they're not playing well we gotta fire them was it were people expecting that you know again that's where I just want to go like come on we can't have it both ways all the time here I agree with that too I agree with that the expectations were not that this team was going to be a playoff team but they started off three and oh and now everybody's expectations change and I think you know hey it's worse than I thought certainly I'm not gonna lie I thought the offense would be more explosive and better. But, you know, I also know 
And anybody can go back to listen to my podcast in week three, four, five, or six. I kept going, yeah, they're playing good, but, man, I don't like their offense. Man, there's defensive players running routes for their wide receivers. Man, everybody seems to know where they're throwing the ball. Man, this is the sixth time I've seen this play in the second quarter of the game. Like those are, That's when I start to go, oh, this isn't good. So they've had issues there, uh, and hopefully they can get that corrected. But I don't think Matt Rule deserves to be on the, the hot seat. I don't. They have a defense that could be playoff caliber here this year or in the years to come and I think the Indianapolis Colts have a defense certainly that is playoff caliber caliber right now right our damn okay goes to one player on that defensive side Neil watches PFT says damn okay Darius Leonard played like a beast all game at the same time self scout thyself Carl Cheffers one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen the Colts got penalized for nothing on defense multiple helmet to helmet hits None called at all. So yeah. a little dig at the officials yeah, there. Well, the, the officiating is as worst as I can ever remember in the NFL. It's it's all over the place. I'm not going to even let off on it. I don't care. It's not getting any I'm better. I'm going to have you to don't... see some of these people that are ahead of the officiating department in the, the next year in person. What are you going to say to them? Oh, I don't know. They're probably not going to like me and give me the cold shoulder, but I'm just going to be like, what? I, mean, I don't know what you want me to say. The results are the results. It's all over the place. The referees are dictating the wins and losses of games way too much. You know, just they are. Too many subjective, oh, that was unnecessary roughness. That wasn't. He grazed him with the head. Oh, that's unnecessary roughness. They grazed him with the head the next play. That wasn't. I don't know, that play before was exactly like this one, but I threw the flag on that one and didn't throw it on this one. I don't know why. I, I'm, because I was chicken to throw it twice in a row. Or because I don't know what I'm doing out there. That's what it seems like. I'm sorry. Right. And that's, yeah, it bothers me. You know, and Darius Leonard's like, hey, this is my damn okay. Why are you talking about the officials? <laughs> Seriously. So uh, we will talk about the Saturday game. Colts, big win over the Patriots. Uh, yeah, and it was Darius Leonard making a key pick in that game. Mac Jones was rattled early on, it looked like. Definitely. And the Colts used a running game, and Jonathan Taylor, I mean, that's you see that formula, defense, running game, a quarterback who, you know, he wasn't good in this game, Carson Wentz, but he can win you some games if need be. Definitely. Definitely. You're like, man, the Colts are a good team. The Colts are a good team. That's why I want the Colts in the playoffs. To me, the Colts are one of those teams where if we sat here and we, if you, you know, a month from now, and we're like, hey, the Colts are in the AFC championship game. I'd go, that's not crazy. You know, they're, they got one of the best offensive lines in football. They got a top 10-ish defense. You know, they have some difference makers up front. They do. They lack a big-time pass rusher. That's probably the only thing that really is the negative about their team. But, yes, they're dangerous. And you could see they match up with the good teams in football. There's no team that just physically outclasses them. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, yeah, that was the first time, you know, hey, going to Colts, going to Indianapolis when they're a good football team, it's an experience. That's a great stadium. The fans are loud. You know, they're a defense built on speed, so it's loud. It You're was on really field loud. turf, yeah. and they're flying around, and it just seems more chaotic than other games. And, and yeah, Mac Jones certainly played his worst game, I think, as a, as a rookie, or at least the worst one he's played since the Saints game early in the year. But was able to still bring him back. Still bring him back, hung around. The Patriots are good. Hey, I was a little surprised that the Patriots front got pushed around the way it did. That was a little surprising to me. There's no doubt. And, yeah, some of the mistakes by Mac, both interceptions were bad. 
especially the one down close to the end zone, you know, that certainly cost them points. And yeah, it could have been a different football game if they had scored a field goal or a touchdown in that, that, that opportunity. But uh, the Colts are for real. They really are. And I think they're one of the better teams in the, in the AFC, and I want to see them in the playoffs. Well, it was surprising because Bill Belichick oftentimes will take away what you do best. Yes, And right. the fact that they couldn't take away Jonathan Taylor, 170 yards, a touchdown, ice the game with that 67-yarder, that's yeah, impressive. It is impressive. Their, their O-line can doesn't matter. They're one of those kind of O-lines. We're just better than you, so what? But, it, you know, it, it's, it's one of two times a whole year, that and the Titans game, where I went, damn, I mean – you know, Godshaw and Lawrence Guy, they got pushed around a little bit. I mean, I, I was shocked. Jawan Bentley got hurt. That, I think, hurt them a little bit. But I, I, I can't lie. I was surprised by that outcome as well. Um, but it's rare you see the Patriots make mistakes, lose games that way. And here's the other thing I thought that jumped out to me about the game. When you play the Patriots, I think what the Colts figured out to stop the run game, at least, was that you you can't, you know... You can't play, oh, we're going to stay in our gap, stay in our gap. And, like, listen, maybe go to the two shot here so I can explain Whoa. this a little bit. Okay. Like, okay, like if this is – all right, here's the, the guard tackle gap, right? Here's the tackle, here's the guard. The ball's running this way. You know, a lot of teams just, hey, okay, the ball's going there. Here's my gap. I'm still staying in my gap. I'm going to shuffle along and stay right in my gap. I'm going to stay right in my gap, right, which is great. That's the way they're taught more times than not. But also at the same time, you know, it allows the offensive line to go, hey, we're going to double this tackle, and then one of you is going to get to that guy who's kind of shuffling along at the gap three yards down the field, and you'll get him just as the running back's getting there, and we'll gash him for a big run. The end of the Bills game into this game, the Colts took the what, – what I have always learned or the phrase I use is the shoot-your-gun policy. Okay. You see the gap. You know they're running your way. Don't sit there and wait. Run through the fucking gap. More than likely, the running back, if that gap's big enough, is going to be running through there. Cause chaos. Mess up their blocking where, oh, wait, we were going to double to go to that guy. Oh, wait, he's running by me. Oh, no. And, and you know – now the whole run scheme is messed up. My earpiece. You lost your earpiece. Yeah, you got. Matter. You've caused chaos with yourself right I now. But that's to me one of the things I saw the Colts do in this game. They shot their gun. They shot gaps. Yeah. And that really uh, ruined the, the the run scheme of, of the New England Patriots. Yeah, causing chaos. Causing that can chaos. happen. Now you're trying to put your IFB back it. in, oh, and you got good. it immediately back in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm congratulations, Colts. You know, Patriots had won what? How many in a row? Eight, seven, something, something like something that. Something like that. So yeah. yeah, they were they were bound to have one. This is a tough environment. I, I did not think they would win. I picked the Colts. So yeah, I'm not go. trying to pat myself on the back, but just again, the Colts are good. The Colts are really good, and that was, I think, an environment that Mac Jones and the Patriots, this team, you know, I'm sitting here looking at their schedule. They haven't been in that kind of environment. They really haven't the whole year. You know, you look at their games on the road, you know, at Buffalo maybe a little bit, okay? Other than that, at Atlanta, at Carolina, the Chargers, you know, uh, at Houston, come on, you know, at the New York Jets, none of those are being looked at as going, oh, whoa, that's a tough road game right there. Uh, so that was a different animal. 
Colts, after a rough start to the season, now 8-6, and six, five seed in the AFC. And the Chiefs are back to the number one seed in the AFC. <laughs> in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers, now up to the sixth seed. Their playoff team, if the playoffs were to begin today, uh-huh. would be scrambling to cover them, but uh, the 49ers would be in. They got the win over the Falcons pretty easily, 31-13. to The final score, George Kittle made some more big plays. Debo Samuel became the first wide receiver since the merger to rush for a touchdown in five straight games. But I think a big story might have been on the defensive side and a player who has been awesome and maybe under-talked about. I think so. At Burn Unit, says Dan O'K, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year or comeback player of the year? Well, listen, he's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. I give him respect to that, no doubt. Do I think he's legitimately the defensive player of the year? No. I think he deserves to be in that short list of four or five guys that are involved in it. You know, like we've talked about, Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, uh, Nick Bosa. It really is those four. I think that, that we just summed it up right there. You know, I know Aaron Donald's still awesome, but it's not that t- type of year. Trevon Diggs, I know he's got all the interceptions, yeah. but no way. Come on. Um, so I do think he deserves that. But the comeback player of the year ones yeah. where I think people are dropping the so ball. So what do you think of this? Our friends over at PointsBet Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of NBC Sports, have the current odds for comeback player of the year. So Dak Prescott, overwhelming favorite right now, minus 750. Nick Bosa is second at plus 550, but that's – that's interesting because, I mean, Dak, we'll get to them here in a second. Dak has not looked great here last few games, um, So, but he's the overwhelming favorite according to points bet. Uh, that, that, to me, is wrong. It's wrong. See, that to me is just holding on to a narrative from, like, the start of the year. Points uh, bets, just, they're just trying to predict what they think will happen. I, I, so. I'm not blaming on points right. bet. I'm blaming the, all the sports media and the public. It's just, it's just everybody, ever since the visual of Dak Prescott's ankle going the wrong way last year, has been trying to give him this award this year before it even started. Right. I mean, and then he had the great game in Tampa to start it off, and everybody was already engraving his name and comeback player of the year. Look what he did. He's great. I get it. But, like... Again, I'm, I want to make the point here. Nobody is discussing Burrow or Dak Prescott as Offensive Player of the Year, nor are they even close to any MVP conversation. Nick Bosa's in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. He got hurt early on in the last year, ACL injury. Every bit is actually more crucial to him in his position than Joe Burrow hurting his at quarterback or Dak Prescott hurting his ankle at quarterback. And here he is, without a doubt, one of the best defensive players in football, once again. And again, the stat sheet, Nick Bosa goes into that, like, fuck the play up category, too. The stat sheet does just not quantify all he does for their football team. He's amazing in the run, you know, he's, he's disruptive, and of course he gets after the quarterback. So, yeah, I do believe he deserves to be in that conversation. In fact, I think he should be the number one guy, hands down. I know we love to give the quarterbacks the awards for everything, everything. There's an award. What quarterback can we fit in there to give the award to? Not Joe Burrow or Dak Prescott. It's Nick Bosa. He's the comeback player of the year, 100%. And I'm going to continue to bang Hmm. the table for that. And then the 49ers themselves, Ahmed, just to go to that, I look at them like the Colts a little bit, but maybe more dangerous, where I go, if we're sitting here a month from now going, the 49ers are in the NFC Championship. Can you believe that? I'm going to go, yes, I can believe it. It's a top 10 defense, a top 10 offense. You know, I don't think the offense is actually in the top 10, but I would bet you in the last 
five, six weeks, it's top ten. In your heart, they're top ten. They are. And as I'm looking at it right now, they're number 11. So it, it's not like they're they're out of it here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. maybe bet on the 49ers to get some value there. Maybe bet on Nick Bosa to win comeback player of the year. You get a lot of value right there. And you can bet all the time on points bet if you want to, Chris. And they've got a lot of offers for listeners of this podcast. They do. I really appreciate points bet here. All right. Points bet has a new sign up offer for unbutton. A new one. That's right, Ahmed. A new one. N E W. PointsBet has a new sign-up <laughs> offer for unbuttoned listeners to get in on the action before the season ends. Download the PointsBet app. Use code HOMIE. HOMIE? Oh, <laughs> you better be a homie to use the HOMIE code. H-O-M-I-E. That's how we spell a homie. Yep. If you don't know how to spell homie, then you're not one of the homies. Correct. Okay? So please use code HOMIE to sign up. Bet $1 on any NFL game and get $25 in free bets for every Every pass TD your team throws. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Bet $1 any new. NFL game and get 25 and free bets for every pass TD your team throws. That's oh a new one. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. is a new one. It got me. Okay, homies, sign up, please. All right? Any pass TD counts. Doesn't matter if it's from the QB, the wide receiver, or the punter. See, wow. they understand. Yeah. Trick plays do happen. Don't just bet the football season. Live your bet life with points bet. Pop quiz. Ooh. Two TDs have been thrown by non-QBs this season. <laughs> yeah. Can you name them? Was that part of the read there too, Pete, or did you add that part in? Yeah, that Pete added that. Pete's adding to the part of the read. I, I feel like I should know this. Hold two, on. I, I, I think I can get this. Hold you, on. All right, let's, go ahead. Let's do this together. Two I touchdowns have been thrown by non-quarterbacks this season. Can you name them? Uh, Kendrick Bourne? Kendrick Bourne was one. Why did oh. I think I could name them? I have a terrible you know, memory. Even though I smoke a lot of weed, my memory is good. Okay, hold on. There's another one. AFC. It's not Jarvis Landry. Just Jarvis ran one. Hold on there. A running back. Oh, oh, oh. Um, um, Derrick Henry. Yes, yes. Against the, the Chiefs. The little team Tebow acted like he was going to run up the and middle throws and jumped it up. and threw it over. Was You're right. Good call. It was. Yeah, there it was the go. Chiefs. Yes. Right. Wow, way so to go. So those would count. Those hey. would get you $25 in free bets if you bet on the Titans or the Teamwork Patriots. right there. Well done. Teamwork. Right. Thanks, points bet. Appreciate it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, now time for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. Three games here, and we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys defeating the New York Giants. What's your headline for this one? Well... Big D beats Little Blue. Oh, no. Yeah, it hurts me because it's supposed to be Big Blue and Little D in my place, <laughs> in my house. Yeah. You know me. I'm a Giants fan. Oh, but, know. man, this, this, this Dallas defense, you just kind of hit on it. Dak's been slumping lately. Dallas defense is the star of the show, period. They are absolutely on fire 
you know, the last two weeks. Talk about the biggest turnaround from a unit in football. I think it has to be the Dallas I, Cowboys I think it does. Defense. I mean, it, it really is. From one year to the next, yes. even within this year, it was great. Like, early in the year, it was really good. Then they went through the injuries and went through a little slump, and I went, well, this is, you know, I kind of think what their defense was. Shame on me for, you know, n- you know, maybe not publicizing the injuries on the defensive line and what an effect it had on their defense sure. because, man – it pops when they're healthy. It really does. They can create a lot of mismatches up front. I broke it down last week on the Wednesday What the Fuck Happened podcast. But when you talk about you have Lawrence and Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons, and then, hey, whatever defensive end you want to put else in there, Terrell Basham with one D tackle, they can move these guys around and get the matchups they want. And then with those guys and Lawrence and Micah Parsons and Gregory and Basham, you know, they're all capable of dropping back into pass coverage and doing that too. So they have a lot of options to mess with there. And it's it's the pressure by them up front. You know, they cause issues. And then, you know, Michael Parsons just being unbelievable once again. But yeah, the the star of the show yesterday again was the Dallas D. The offense wasn't all that impressive. The defense set them up for some easy scoring opportunities and and really dominated that Giants offense. Yeah, the offense still not they had zero plays of twenty or more yards. Jeez. 4.7 yards per play on all their plays. So, the, I mean, the offense was not great, but the defense causing some turnovers, three interceptions. And, uh, yeah, getting the interception with Diggs. Uh, Micah Parsons now has more than 10 sacks. So now you got teammates who have 10-plus interceptions, 10-plus sacks. The first time that's happened since the 2007 Chargers. Wow. Wait, say that stat again there. Say that again They have a for player me? on the defense yeah. with 10 or more interceptions yeah. and 10 or more sacks. Parsons and two and Diggs. rookies. That's crazy. And so. No, and they're not both rookies. One's a second-year guy. Sorry. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, Chargers last team to do it, 2007. Wow. Any idea who those players would be on that team? Well, that would be Sean Merriman. Yep. Gosh. With the sacks. Yep. 12 and Hold sacks. on. Let's see here. I mean. All right, don't don't answer. Don't give me this. This is not a final answer yet because Quentin Jammer was their corner. He was their best cover guy, but I don't feel like he ever had ten plus interceptions. So it's, it's not him, right? It's not Quentin Jammer. Correct, not him. Gosh, the name is Antonio Cromartie. Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, wow. how about that? Yeah, wow. So yeah, the defense. Those are some good teams there. They went to the AFC Championship that year. Defense carrying Dallas, and they're one game behind the Packers. The possibility of them getting a one seed not out yet. I mean, they are. They could make a make a run here. Offense has got to improve. They got to. They got to. They got to right the ship a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. There's no doubt. We went through some of the issues last week. You know, again, I do like that they gave the ball to Tony Pollard more yesterday. To me, to me, again, they're 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 dropping the ball. Pollard should be the main ball carrier. Ezekiel Elliott should be the change of pace guy. Mm. That's just the way I look at it. Mm. Pollard's capable of more at this point in his career. But, yeah, with Washington football team on the horizon, Arizona, then Philadelphia, you know, listen, I expect them to beat Washington and Philadelphia. I do. I'm not going to lie. It won't be easy. Arizona, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but they do have a chance. They certainly do. But the offense, like you've talked about, it's just 
it's it's lost its way a little bit. It's not like, oh, wow, it's really concerning, but it's certainly not to the level we saw early in the year where it's explosive and borderline unstoppable there for a time period. There's nothing really explosive about the Miami Dolphins, but they just keep winning. Sixth in a row after starting 1-7, and seven, they get the touchdown victory over New York. Your headline for this one is? Oh, I forgot. Let me get back to the sheet here. Yeah. Okay, the Duke of New York. Oh, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. He was the difference for the Dolphins yesterday. Career game for him. Yeah, I I mean, it was, it was a lot of good runs. Miami's slowly but surely been running the ball better over this winning streak. It's not beautiful, um, but popped a few few runs yesterday. I mean, I believe, he, you know, of course he was consistently good. I think Gaskin broke a long run later on in the football game, one of the last drives of the game. This was an ugly football game. The Jets had an opportunity, I'm going to just throw this out there, pretty early to really control the game. And I know they were up 17-7. to It should have been worse. You know, Tua was really all over the place early in the game. All over the place. Through a bad interception, you know, he went into the half, and I told Pete and you guys before we started the show, he went in the half 7 for 12 for a little over 100 yards. Of, you know, and one of those incompletions, of course, was an interception. Of the other four incompletions, and I'm not, like, embellishing, I believe all four, if not it was three, were, like, in the chest of the Jets players, and they dropped it. They had opportunities to really like take advantage of a Dolphins team that was kind of like asleep at the wheel early on in the football game. You know, the Jets ran some cool trick plays early. Zach Wilson maybe had the play of the day on the offensive side. They ran like the old like quarterback throwback, and then he looked to throw the ball down the field. Nobody was there. He broke like two tackles, made an awesome play that way. They had a little bit of like a, a hook and ladder play on a third and fifteen that got him a first down at one point. So they had they went to the the the, the trick playbook to the kind of get the revolution. They did. Yeah. Say, Here it comes. They did. There it is. Ahmed called it. Uh, but it's coming. But the Dolphins are more talented and can just as the game went on, just continued to wear the Jets out. And once the Jets kind of lost a few of those trick plays, their offense wasn't capable of doing anything on that Dolphins defense. Dolphins running the ball, their defense. Tua found a little rhythm in the second half to be more consistent. You know, I know he threw the pick six. Next drive, they go right down. They run the ball. He has the clutch slant touchdown pass to help them win the football game. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't, but they won nonetheless, and the Dolphins are still one of the hotter teams in the game. Always got to get a dig on Tua. Yeah, I did. Always got to get a dig on Tua. You know, I just call it. I've said many weeks when he's played good that he's played good. I'm not going to just fall back because idiots like Big Cat at Barstool like, you know, try to start problems on social media, okay? I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Just because of some, I don't know what it is, some, a fan base that has, the, uh, to and on, the fan base has their, their, their heads up their asses, <laughs> and they won't take it for what it is. I've said it before. You can win with them. You just got to have a certain formula. That, that, that's what it is. Um, but either way, he did, he did good enough for them to win yesterday. Their defense is still mm-hmm. one of the hottest in the game. And they just harassed Zach Wilson and that, that Jets offense constantly through the second half. Might have started too late, this whole run, because they're 7-7 seven and seven behind a bunch of teams there in the AFC that look like they have the inside track on a yeah. playoff spot. Final one for the headline. It is Texans defeating the Jaguars 30-16. to Your headline is? Jaguars kicked out again. <laughs> Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of kick, a lot of kicking, a lot of going kicking on. over the last week there within the team. Josh Josh Lambeau got kicked by a ex yep. coach. Yep. Urban Legend says, "Yep, according to Urban Legend." According and, to Urban Legend, in this game, Kaimi Fairbairn 
250 plus yard field goals in a monsoon. Uh, that, that's where that's where we kind of came up with the headline because it, again, an ugly football game. You know, Davis Mills was consistent, made some good plays. They had a great first drive through the touchdown to Brandon Cooks. You know, Jaguars answer back with a field goal. And then it became the special teams for the Texans to take it over from there. And it was a long kick return that put them up 14-3. to And it was an ugly game after that. Um, but I think when you look at, like, uh, fair – Fairburn is that is that Fair I don't know Baron? why it, Fairburn it, it doesn't sound it doesn't right when sound it comes right. out of my mouth I don't know why Pete, I chicken let's get out him, let's get him on the show and ask him but <laughs> but two fifty plus yard field goals like you said at the end of the half where you know games there it's fourteen to ten and now it's seventeen ten twenty to ten you know third quarter they have a drive there another field goal that kind of put the game out of reach the Jacksonville offense is just incapable of doing a whole lot. And they got James Robinson, mm-hmm. yes. You know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, again, it's good. It's not great. Which is troubling because the Texans do not have a good defense. No, like, they this don't. should have been the game to feast. It's better statistically than it than I, I, I've said this to Florio a lot. It's better statistically than what it shows. It is. You know, their offense has led to a lot of bad, you know, bad defense. They go through stretches where it's like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, five and out, three and out, five and out, three and out. And it's just like, well, the defense is going to collapse at some point. They've had a lot of games where I'd go, hey, the game was 10-7 in the third quarter, and they finally just fell apart. Sure. Um, but, but uh, yeah, it is. I mean, the way the Trevor Lawrence and the offense have looked in Jacksonville over the last few weeks has not been impressive. He makes a few throws every game where you go, oh, wow. He misses a few throws every game where I go, ah, uh, he shouldn't miss that. And, uh, you know, I just don't think it's a great scheme. You know, running the ball in James Robinson is the best thing they do, but they don't have a lot in the pass game that scares people, and, and of course that makes life tough on them. Correct me if I'm wrong, Davis Mills has had a better rookie year than Trevor Lawrence. Well, I would say, like, see, he's more – he was maybe a little more NFL-ready. He understands how to play the NFL game coming from Stan, Stanford. But I'll, like – this is where – I'm not giving up on Trevor Lawrence – if we took his 10 best plays and put them next to Davis Mills' 10 best plays, we'd go, whoa, that's not even close. That throw, that play, that run, Davis Mills could never do that. All right, So that's where I'll push back against that to a degree. Yes, he's been managing games and maybe a hair more consistent on how he runs the offense, but this is what I tried to tell everybody about Trevor Lawrence coming out in the draft a little. He wasn't the machine everybody thought he was throwing the football. And he played in a college offense, so he's learning on the fly here. But, again, I, I have no doubt that he'll surpass Davis Mills at, at some point okay. next year. All right, maybe not it's this again, year, I'm into the look surprise. in yeah, year no, one. I get it. You know I, me. And I get that. I, I like that way of looking at it. Ten best plays. Compare the ten best plays to each other and see The other stuff's learned stuff. I That's where that. people drop the ball. It's learned you can teach a guy how to read the play, as long as he's not an absolute idiot, which I don't think Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey, you can teach them how to go through reads or the right thing to do in a situation or you know when to take a sack. What you can't teach them to do is throw 40-yard lasers down the sidelines or spin move, break a tackle on the run, run for 30 yards, or spin move, break a tackle, get outside the pocket and throw a 40-yard laser. That can't be taught. And Davis Mills can't do that stuff where I'd go, the other guys can. And they can learn the stuff Davis Mills learned, and that's where I don't worry about it. There was a fan on the field in this game. Oh, no. You can't, you can't learn that. And most shows will not show the idiot on well, the we, field. Go, we, we are idiots. We, we show idiots. We love showing the idiots yes, on the field. Do. So here we go. Someone's pointing there. 
This was the James Robinson touchdown. Look at the fan. He's on the field. Cop comes in. Ta- oh, Ooh, good what tackle. a great tackle. Good tackle. I like it. Right from behind, takes him down there. So here's the fan on the field. I mean, what if they ran a bootleg play-action pass over there? He would have been right in the middle He would have been right in the middle. Yep. He would have. And he's wearing the shorts. I feel like if you run on the field. Got a mullet, maybe? This is where I want to the NFL go to the next level. Mm-hmm. You run on the field. Yeah. The home team gets to pick the biggest, baddest dude on their team, mm-hmm. and you have to stand there on the middle of the emblem, and that guy gets to fucking crush you. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. You don't go to jail or anything. No jail, but Miles Jack gets the 10-yard run started and hits you. Uh-huh. You don't go to jail. No penalty. We'll see if you can walk for the next week. We're not sure. <laughs> but that's what you get for going on the field. It's kind of like Gladiator, like back in the day. I like right? it. Like Off with his head. <laughs> yeah. All right. Off with his head. And how many people would do it? Right? I, I think it would be limited. There would be a what few if, drunk idiots out there. Exactly. Like, oh, they would do it. I could take it. What if we saw, though, a death? What if we saw, like, that? someone got hit so hard they died? It's a, it's a dangerous game running on the field. <laughs> Better watch it. Better think twice next time. <laughs> think twice next time would be the headline of that game. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. I don't know how we did this, Chris. Yeah. We've gone even longer than we normally do, and we had less games. Points bet. Monday and Tuesday night football picks. All right, let's rip through these then as quickly as possible because we've already picked these before. Uh, we got four games to go through. Raiders, Browns, you have picked Cleveland previously on this one. A lot has changed, though. We don't know exactly who's going to play, who's not going to play. I don't know either. We're probably going to hear somewhere here. It's Monday. We're doing this at 1.04 p.m. We're probably going to hear... Within the next hour, whether like guys like Baker Mayfield and some other guys pass their COVID tests, I would think that's going to be breaking news here any moment. So that would change uh, we'll your pick, available. clearly. Right? I'm picking Cleveland either way. Okay. I am. I'm going Cleveland in the fact that they're home, and I just think the Raiders are a beaten puppy, all right, uh, as far as like I, I don't know if they really believe that they're a playoff football team. And I'm going to play the fact that there wasn't too much of a COVID outbreak on Cleveland's defense, that they caused chaos and issues, and they win an ugly football game. But I'm looking here. Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum, they won't play. So they didn't, t- they didn't test negative uh, twice within 24 hours. So they're not playing for sure. I can definitely tell you that. Vikings at Bears. Previously, you picked the Vikings to win by four. The line opened at Minnesota by three and a half. It is now six and a half. And I like the Vikings all okay. the way here. Staying with that. I am. I mean, I, there's nothing here that makes me change this game at all. Um, I do think Justin Fields and that offense will probably make some plays on a not-so-great Vikings defense. But, you know, Bears with some injuries up front and issues there, I just have a hard time thinking they're going to stop the Vikings' run game. And you know that. When you start, the Vikings can run the ball at all, then it becomes Justin Jefferson in the bootleg game, and they crush you that way. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I'm taking the Bears to cover, but, but I like Minnesota 31-27 in this one. In that previous game, you saw that Las Vegas or Cleveland is favored by three. That line did open at six and a half, but Cleveland is still favored there. In the Tuesday game, Seahawks at Rams. You've picked the Rams by yeah. 10. I did, yeah. Line opened at seven, and it is still seven right now. Yeah, well, I, I just look at it in Los Angeles. I think the Rams got their mojo back a little bit. I think the way they beat Arizona last week, again, and I know Arizona made some mistakes, but it's, it's, it'll take a little pressure off of them. And, you know, with Matt Stafford, the way he played last week, 
You know, I think they're out of their funk. I think they got rid of their disease that we talked about early on here. And yes, Seahawks, pain in the ass. I know they're going to compete, but I have no faith in their offense still. And I know their defense, which is a pain in the ass too, more of a pain in the ass than their offense. They'll hang around, but McVay always seems to have a good understanding of what Seattle's doing. They just can't. I don't think they can match up with the Rams across the board. That's why I go Rams 31-21, like an ugly 31-21. Probably 24-21 with like five, six minutes left in the game. Score a touchdown to kind of go up by 10. Kind of that way. Washington at Eagles, the final game. You previously picked the Eagles to win by 11. The line opened Eagles minus four. Now it's Eagles minus six and a half. Yeah. uh, Don't know. Don't know about the quarterback situation for Washington. We don't know that. You know, Washington, I do believe, got some of their D linemen back. When I picked this game 28-17, I went, man, Washington's missing the D linemen. They're going to get steamrolled by Philadelphia in this run game. They are going to be back, but it doesn't change my thought overall. It doesn't. I think Philadelphia, again, on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's Hurts or Minshew, they put you in a real bind with how overpowering their offensive line is. Defense, not great, but, you know, Washington offense, not great either. It's, it's not. You know, I mean, run game is good. Heineke makes a few plays, and we go, ooh, wow. But it, they're just not enough of a machine. You know, they're, they're not. And Curtis Samuel's not totally healthy there. So I just look at the Eagles as being a better football team at this point. They match up pretty good with Washington. I think they win it. And the results are in. The results are in. Oh, here we go. In the, it's the year 2021. <laughs> is it acceptable to brush your teeth just once per day? See, I think... Pete, I think you should have indicated when I'm brushing my teeth because I do think that makes a difference. If people think you're waking up and not brushing them all day. That is a little bit of a grosser mystique. That's a right. grosser mystique yeah. than if you're just not brushing them before you go I to I mean, sleep. your poor wife who might be kissing you goodnight, I feel bad for her. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. <laughs> but I like it. So we got. So what was got, it? What was it? 69% saying it was 64%. Gross. 64% saying gross. Uh, so here we go. Ezra Geesling. Yeah. Uh, no. You have to in the morning to get rid of morning breath. I do. And you have to at night. To get all the food off the day off. Well, that's what my enzymes are for. Right. That's what the en- enzymes oh, are he's, for. He's, uh, I, I want to research that. Let's find out if we actually know that enzymes do clean your yeah, teeth. Pete, let's we'll get see. on that. Let's look Wolf at that. Wolfman 182. We're all wearing masks anyway. LOL. Good call. <laughs> that's a good Great one. call. Uh, white winter himbo. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know what that means. Okay. But every day? Question mark, question mark. Y'all must go through <laughs> toothbrushes so fast. Exactly. I've been <laughs> using the same one for like three years now. Wow, yeah, white money. winter himbo is yep. like, what? Truth twice a day, every day. He thinks that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then Corey Joskowitz. Yes. Little trick. Carry around a portable bottle of mouthwash. Ooh, okay. Keep it in your car, desk at work, so you can always freshen up when needed. Can't risk breath being the reason Sims loses an Under Armour sponsorship. That is uh, true. Very well, very well played, Corey. Very well. well. And, and during COVID, too, we were sitting so far apart that you could never tell. Now you may be able to tell a little bit more, but... I freshly brushed my teeth just a few hours ago. So I think, Pete, that makes a difference. I think that does. I think the. I think it would be more fifty-fifty. Okay. If people knew that I was brushing in the morning, maybe, and just not at night. Maybe. All right. Well, maybe we'll continue this for uh, Wednesday podcast or whenever you're coming back. I don't know when it. But, but yeah. then, do you know we have an ex uh, Christmas poem from a homie? So we have no requiem for a team because no teams were eliminated. Right. So wow. we did get That's a poem. Amazing. We did get a poem, and I think you have to read this poem. Okay. Here so, we go. So this, this is, is from, Thomas Spena. Right. Yep. Thomas, uh, at Thomas Spena. From Brazil. He's, Thomas he's Brazilian. Pe- Tomas. Pena. Tomas Pena. I hope we didn't mess that up. I'm sure we did. I know. I'm sorry, Tomas. Um, all right. Here's the poem. Okay. 
Ahmed is my homie. Yeah. So is Chris. Mm-hmm. To never feel lonely, the pot I won't miss. Ooh. Phil has the answer. Answer. Paul has the grit. <laughs> Pete will censor. But I fucking love this shit. <laughs> Woo! Hey, you are the man, yeah. Tomas. You are well the man. Done. I appreciate well that, man. Done. Well done. Well done. Showing that you can rhyme every bit as good as Ahmed, <laughs> and you probably brush your teeth twice a day, so you're a little well, bit better no, than No, we don't he is. know that. Tomas, what do you answer? When, when do you do it? All right. Appreciate it. We love stuff like that, and feel free to send stuff like that in any time. All right? Everybody be good. Enjoy the doubleheader on Monday night. Enjoy the two games on Tuesday, Wednesday. You know we're going to break down games. What the fuck happened Wednesday podcast. Paul will be here. Ahmed only works one day a week this Correct. time of the year. It's really annoying. He really is. He is some diva. <laughs> this guy uh please subscribe rate review everybody out there be good be safe ahmed you the man all right and let's clap Clap it it up. up the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.